Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. Joining me on this week's show to talk all things Salford Red Devils is Mr. Rob Parkinson. How are you doing, Robbie? Okay, mate? Yeah, been a good week, mate. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm alright, mate. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, present, doing a bit of presenting tonight, mate. I've, I've learned a lot from you. You're like my, uh, my Mr. Miyagi, so uh, you, you've taught me well, so I'm going to try and uh, do my best to uh, impersonate you tonight, mate. Yeah, as well, you know, it's a difficult job being in the off-seat pole, and I'm looking forward to being on the other end where I can just kick back and talk about Salford for an hour. Yeah, that's right. You, I'm at the deep end this week, but yeah, looking forward to it. It's been, a, been an eventful week for us. We've got plenty of stuff coming up on the show, Rob, and what's going to be on tonight? Yeah, what we're going to do, we're going to review the Wakefield game. We've got interviews with Wellerake, Junior Sow and Todd Carney. We've got Ian Watson in Coach's Corner. We've got the amateur report with Paul talking about all our local sides. And then we're going to preview the Huddersfield game on Saturday. Cheers for that, Rob. We'll start off with the news. So, big news coming out of Salford Red Devils. Well, it's just been announced this tonight, Rob. It's uh, hot off the press, really. Olsie Krasniki is going to be uh, going to be leaving. He's done two and a half years with us. And, uh, no, it's um, probably a sad loss that to see Olsie go. He's been a, been a really hard worker. Yeah, he's a grafter. He's what all you know good teams need. You need uh, people in the engine room doing the hard yards. And, you know, that's what Olsie Krasniki brings to this team. Uh, and he's going to be sadly missed for me, Paul. Uh, played 49 games for Salford so far. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a big loss. You've got to look at the other hopeful that the club would be bringing someone else in uh, to replace him. Yeah, certainly, especially with last week's news, was, was losing Michael Dobson. That's Ozzy Krasniki going now. There's a question mark over Todd Carney. So that could be potentially three players there that they are going to be leaving. So obviously, we're going to have to be looking at bringing in people to replace them. But, you know, I think Ozzy's been, been a real solid player for Solvin, hasn't he? In the, the two and a half years he's been there, I think he's made progress. I think he's improved as a player as well. And I'm not too sure where he's going or. Where he's been offered, has anything been said, Rob? No, we, we got it off him. His, yeah, we got him off his uh, in, Instagram. Uh, said he was leaving, so there's no, I've got no information about where he's going to. But you know, if you're a, you know, a, a Super League side or a, or a Championship side looking to, you know, to move forward, he's the kind of guy that you have to have in that forward pack for me. So you know, I'm sure there will be a queue, uh, you know, of people looking out to see if he can tempt him uh, to sign for them. Yes, certainly, and uh, more news coming out this week. Chris Bryan has been nominated for the Albert Goldfarb Rookie of the Year award. I mean, that's quite a prestigious award. That you know, know the league express do a lot with that, don't they? And uh, obviously, the, the main Albert Goldfarb medal as well. But Chris Bryan, he's had a good season. Rob, in fact, he's had a bit of an injury as well, which has hampered him slightly. But other than that, he's, he's looked really good and uh, a very promising young player. Yeah, what an exciting you know player he is. Like you said, Paul, you know, he's coming on from that hooking role. Uh, most weeks gives us that extra spark, doesn't it, around the rook? And you know, that's what good teams have. They have that ability to change a game when someone comes on, and he certainly adds something to our team. Yeah, certainly. I mean, from the step up that he's made as well, coming from um, from the Championship One with, with York City Knights last season, he stepped up two leagues there to Super League. And I think he's uh, he's really adapted his game well, and I think he's um, 
he's given it like you say he's given us that spark he's given us that extra edge and he's only going to improve as he, as he gets older and he gets more mature he plays a season next year with us again and, and goes again I think he's going to be a really good player his distribution is really good at dummy half he's got that zip I think he struggled coming back from his injuries not seeing the same player as he was earlier in the season but obviously that's getting back to match fitness again but um, he's definitely one for the future Chris Brown and I'm sure he's going to be a really good uh, asset to our team yeah four tries in 19 games you know, he, he certainly adds that bit of zip and, you know, he's going to be even better if after this experience in Nepal, the Super League. Like you said, he's come up from two divisions, hasn't he? So, and he's been a shining light for us. He's definitely a contender for, like, newcomer of the, the year. He certainly is, yeah. I think he's well respected in the, in the press as well. I've read things from other clubs and other pundits, you know, in, in the League Express and League Weekly and things like that. He's, he's held in very high regard. He's, is Chris Brown I think we've got a really good player there we've got him tied down on a contract and he's only going to improve and, and get better other news this week Rob our next away fixture will be a week on Friday that's away at Leeds Rhinos we've got 400 tickets for that season ticket holders have got until this Friday to purchase their tickets and then they will go on general sale so uh, hopefully take a big big following there to Leeds I mean I know it's always a tough trip but it's one of my favourite trips going to Leeds Rob because you never know something special might happen and you might get that elusive win yeah, obviously, you know, depends what happened this week, Paul. We beat Huddersfield. You know, could be a clamber for tickets if there's a, you know, the results go our way. But you know, we've got a bit of a monkey on our back with with um, Leeds, haven't we? You know, we don't win there very often. But you know, typical Salford, we go to Leeds, we win. Especially after the South Band being shut down, it takes uh, an advantage away for them. So we'll have to wait and see. I'd say there's only we say 400 tickets left, uh, no, 400 tickets available, and you know, I'm sure the Reds will be you know, queuing up for them. Yeah, we've got like a reduced allocation with the South Stand being closed. If you think about Leeds Rhinos ground, Edinley there, that South Stand takes quite a lot of support, doesn't it? When you see it on Sky, that's where the vast majority of their supports go. So, really, I'm not so sure where they're shifting them. I presume they'll be shifting most of their fans to behind the, behind the goals on that West Terrace where we normally stand under the scoreboard there. So, I think that's why our allocation is so low of 400. But 400 would be, be a good following to take there. So, hopefully... We can beat Huddersfield, get a real big push for tickets and, and take a big follow. And then there is a coach going, which is £14, and it stops at Shandus at 16.45. Uh, the Royal Sovereign at 5 o'clock, Eccles Town Hall at 5 o'clock. Rob, have we got this right? It's yeah, well, it said down the website. Clock. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that, Paul. But maybe, you know, because they are quite close, so it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, so it'll be around 5 o'clock. Yeah. Anyway, Dog and Partridge is at 20 past 5, and the Barley Farm at the stadium. At twenty to six, so fourteen pound on a coach there, Rob. So uh, you can't argue with that. Hopefully, we can we can fill that coach and uh, you know take a real good following and roll the boys on there because, it, like you say, it's always a difficult place to go in. It's a difficult atmosphere, and if you've got a few few red faces behind that goal there, a few red shirts, it's going to give us uh, our players a bit of a lift. Yeah, play safe. Get to the dock for twenty past. That's what I say. But I'm sure you know the coaches will be there. People will be getting out the coach and supporting the lads. And you know after a great season they've had. Especially, you know, last couple of weeks have been a bit of a, bit of a drop, haven't they? But, you know, we've got to celebrate the season for what it is, which is a great achievement. Yeah, we certainly have, Rob. I think we've made progress. Like, we, was, we had a chat earlier on tonight, didn't we, doing the sports show, and we were saying that we've, you know, league form in the, in the 23 rounds, we've won three games more than what we did last season. So that's an improvement. That's a good improvement, three matches. Plus, we've had a good run in the Challenge Cup as well. And, um, you know, we've won at some big grounds, haven't we, this season? You know, like likes of Hull, Wigan, Warrington, places where we don't normally, Salford don't normally win, do they, anyway? So, uh, we have made progress. It's been a been a tough struggle in this, this Super 8s, but, uh, you know, there's still three games left for us to, to gain some, some pride back in, in, the, in the season. But overall, I think it's been an improvement on, on last season, definitely. A bit more news as well. Jack Radcliffe from the Educational Academy is now training with the first team. Oh, that's, that's, that's exciting news, that Robin... Uh, Sounds like we've got one for the future there. Yeah, obviously he's gone through the, the, the new academy system and, 
you know, it's a great thing. He's got his education there, and Ian Watson and the you know the rest of the coach staff must have had a look at him and think, you know, this this lad's got something. And being able to train with you know fully professionals is only going to develop him further, Paul. And you know, he could be a name for the future. It's worth uh, you know making sure you keep an eye on him, uh, and who knows what might happen. Certainly, yeah, the Educational Academy, the Reds Foundation, and you know, all those sort of things are doing great work at the moment. And I've said it to you a few times on the show, we've had guests on, and we've said about the getting the under-19s back. I think that's vital, Robert, really do. We need to get that, that academy back, that core base at Salford of those youngsters, getting the chance to progress to the, to the first team, because you've only got to look at some of these sides now that are competing at the top end of the table, like the Castleford, Leeds, Wigan, St. Helens. You know, and Hull as well. They've got academies, they've got reserve teams, they've got that wealth of talent and that, that backup as well, haven't they? Behind them there. Whereas you look at us now, we're, we're quite low on numbers, we're struggling a bit out with, with the squad. So uh, I think that's really something that we need to we need to think about if we're ever going to be one of those top dogs in Super League. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the academy is the kind of missing link in our in our development plan, Paul. You know, we've got the the Salford City, uh, you know, course thing that they're running at the moment and what, what, they've, what they've passed now and you know we're hoping obviously the club can add the academy on top of it and it's a passageway in it, into the first team and I'm sure they'll be looking at that Ian Blees and Ian Watson will be having a convo about that and seeing if he can you know realive that uh, situation us fans we want to see you know development don't you through through the youth and through the academy and I'm sure we'll be looking at that in the next 12 months or so yeah certainly the South Red Devils Foundation met Prince Harry this week, you know, that's uh, quite a coup meeting the Prince there, so uh, spreading the word of Salford Red Devils, Rob, that can't be bad. Yeah, obviously Prince Harry, you know, he's the Rugby League patron, you know what I mean, and I suppose having the Salford Red Devils Foundation, you have the opportunity to meet him and talk about the great things they do, it's only going to be a good thing for, you know, the club and for them as well, he, he does a lot for charity, doesn't he, he does a lot of things in the community for different things and, you know, having him, being able to communicate with him and, see, and tell him what Salford do, it's only be a good thing for the club. Bit more news, Rob Todd Carney. We've we've seen some bits and pieces this week on the from the club coming out from the club. He's he's chatting about a new contract. Obviously, he's not got a contract for next season at Salford, and there's there's talk of him maybe getting one, maybe not getting one. His his court case has been settled out of court with uh, with Carulla over over in Australia. So, and where do you stand on the Todd Carney debate? I mean, I, I read quite a bit of stuff about Salford on social media and things like that. I'm not the biggest one for getting involved in the arguments, but I like to read what people say and read their opinions and. Salford's been quite vocal, I think, on there on the Todd situation. Where do you stand on that, Bob? For me, Todd Carney is a, is a class act. Yeah, he's been blown out and cold this season. Warrington, he was outstanding. Uh, semi-final of the Challenge Cup, he was, he was brilliant that day as well. Yeah, he's had a few off days as well. But our success this season, for me, has had... The reason we've been so good is because of Michael Dobson, Rob Lewis and Todd Carney all fighting for them two places. And having him available next season is only going to be a good thing, obviously... Michael Dobson's retiring and if you're going to lose Todd Carney as well you need to bring at least two more people in so what you're looking at is are there people out there as good as Todd Carney that's the question you've got to ask yourself obviously I'm not a massive Australian rugby league fan so I can't go and look into Australia's transfer market but looking around the Super League there's not many you know, as good as Todd Carney so you're hoping that Ian Watson and Ian Blees can get together and with Todd Carney have a chat and see what they can you know, develop there but for me you've got to keep him yeah, for me, it's all about getting the best out of your squad, and it, Rob, and getting the best out of your players. And 
with Todd Carney and Robert Louis, I think we're going to have to bring somebody anyway, obviously, to replace Michael Dobson. <coughs> Excuse me. Michael Dobson was our general and our leader. And I think if you look at Robert Louis and Todd Carney, they're both very sort of similar players for me. I mean, I'd have them both down as a 5'8", because he's a number six, you know, a stand off the pair of them. So I don't think either of them can play scrum half. I mean, I don't think Todd can, and I don't think Robert Louis can. So I think those two, if you were to keep Todd, They'd be fighting for that, that, that standoff role, wouldn't they? But I think to me, you need a general, you need a scrum half, we need to sign somebody to, to replace Michael Dobson. A big boost to fill, but I think that, that's a position that we need to, to, to strengthen. I think we need a goal kicker as well. Don't we? We're desperate for a goal kicker. Todd Carney struggled, hasn't he, when he's kicked goals this season? So we'll have to watch this space on that one, Rob. But I'm sure there'll be the, the club, Ian Watson, and, and the coaching staff that we're looking at players to sign for next season. Obviously, we're losing Halsey Krasniki as well. We need to strengthen, don't we? So, uh, and Adam Wall, don't forget, he's, I think he's leaving. Has that been confirmed, that, Rob, that Adam Wall's going uh, to? I've not, not heard anything, Paul, but we you know we say it's on the great van, we know about it. But it's one of them. It was, it was mentioned, it was mentioned in the press as well, but I've never actually seen a statement from the club to say it's 100% done and dusted, and I've not spoken to Adam since, so we, I don't want to say it's 100% when it's not, so we'll have to we'll find out on yeah. that one, won't we? I suppose with, with the transfer market open, people are you know looking for the, you know, the best option for them, aren't they? Uh, and I'm sure. Us being our, you know, super top eight position, Paul, gives us the opportunity to, you know, try and sign players who, you know, are a higher level of what we're used to, and you know, because of the safety of us being in the, in the top eight, gives us a chance to go to these players and say, look, come and play for us. You know, we're safe in the top eight. There's no chance of us going down. Come and develop your career with us, and that's what you know the mindset has to be. It's all about moving forward. I think both on and off the field. Yeah, certainly, Rob. I mean, I think with you finishing the top eight as well, I think you're a more attractive offer then to maybe overseas players as well because you've got the first sort of choice on them. And overseas players aren't going to be looking at going to Lee or Catalan or Whippers at the moment because there's that threat of them, them getting relegated. So I think we've 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 got a good chance and a, and a head start on those sides, really, I suppose. So we'll have to watch this base on the Todd Carney one, and I'm sure Ian Watson and Willie Poaching will be assessing that, and I'm sure they'll they'll make the right decision when they, when the, the time is needed. Well, now we're going to look back at the Wakefield defeat last Friday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, after the Challenge Cup final break, two-week break, Salford were back in action at the AJ Bell Stadium on Friday night when they took on Wakefield Trinity. Wakefield Trinity were fourth in the table. A bit like Salford have been a bit of a surprise package this season, Robin. Uh, They've done the business on us again. They beat us three times in the league this season, so a really disappointing night. Yeah, a bit disappointing, Paul. Obviously, we looked at the Wakefield game as being a, a winnable one for us, didn't we? And, you know, when it came to it, Wakefield showed they got experience in that top eight. I know last season they were there, but they didn't really perform. But they took that experience forward, haven't they, Paul? And, you know, they showed that they've got what they needed to, to dispatch us in this, you know, pressure cooker situation. Yeah, they certainly did, and they're a good bet now to finish in that top four. They're still fourth in the table. I think they play St. Helens on, on Thursday night this week, which is a massive game for them. So their season's uh, going along really strong. Salford Red Devils had a good lineup, though. A few people came back in. They lined up with Gareth O'Brien at fullback, Greg Johnson, Chris Wellham, Junior Salman, who batted by Robert Lewis, Todd Carner. The pack was Craig Copjack, Logan Tompkins, Wella Haraki, Ben Murdoch, Masilla returned, Ryan Lannan, and Tyrone McCarthy at loose forward. On the bench for Salford was George Griffin. Chris Browning, Olsen Krasniki and Josh Jones. So a strong lineup there, Rob. Yeah, strong lineup. obviously. You know, the game merited a, a big side, you know, a lot of pressure going on. And, you know, Ian Watson decided to put Tyrone McCarthy at loose forward and start with uh, Wellaraki at prop forward. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of built himself into this uh, new prop forward role, Paul. Uh, he's not as big as, as the likes of, uh, you know, Lamatazzi, but, you know, there's a bit more footwork around him. And I think I think he's doing a good job for me. 
Yeah, well, Araki, yeah, it's, it's a new thing for Weller, and uh, I, I don't think he ever lets you down, Weller. And, uh, but like Friday night, I thought we started the game well, Rob, didn't we? We, we scored an opening try after three minutes. We, we came out of the blocks really quick, and it looked like it was going to be a good performance from us, didn't it? You know, Very similar to the way we started the cup game against Wakefield when we wiped the floor with them that night, didn't we? So three minutes gone, Craig Kopchak goes over, Todd Carney kicks the goal, 6-0. Wakefield though came back into the game and I thought their halfbacks were good Jacob Miller and Liam Finn and, and Miller got on the score sheet after 30 minutes and then after that Wakefield sort of dominated the game then really didn't they and it took the game away from us Yeah it's kind of intense levels for me Wakefield was able to get back into the game and then when the set trades happened between us and them you know they got the better of them and I suppose in the you know top 8 battle you're going to have to get used to that you're going to have to get used to going up that second gear uh, and well third gear or even fourth gear in these games and you know Wakefield did what they needed to do against us we weren't able to reach that kind of you know level that is expected at this level and you know it's going to be a learning curve for everybody I'm sure and you know even though Craig Kopchak scored early and we were all buzzing Wakefield never panicked they never looked like they were in any trouble uh, and just found themselves back into the game uh, but that's something we're going to have to learn aren't we? Yeah, Greg Johnson though got us back into the game on half an hour, Mark, with it was a super try, that from a set scrum, the ball moved out wide, Johnson finished in the corner, Todd Carney kicked the goal off the touchline to level the scores at 12 apiece after 31 minutes, but mistakes seemed to creep in, didn't they Rob, we seemed to make so many errors and you know, two guys going for the ball and Manu Vatavai sort of, the ball at his legs and he, he's you know, trying to take a, a kick, I thought they targeted Manu all night, didn't they, with the kicking game, you know, high kicks, low kicks, making him turn round and he conceded a dropout from that that sort of put Wakefield on the front foot, didn't it? Those mistakes. Yeah, on on the front foot, Paul. But as well for me, wait for Wakefield. Michael managed the game fantastically in that last sort of five, seven minutes of that first half. Kicked a couple of goals, kept the scoreboard ticking over, created that gap between us and them. But when we went in half time, was it ten points down? You know, the head started to drop a little bit there because we were thinking, oh, we've done all right, but we're you know we're not in striking distance of Wakefield. And you know, fair play to them. They know how to play these pressure situations, and you know, it's something we're going to have to learn. Yeah, certainly. When Jacob Miller scored a try five minutes before half time, that put Wakefield into an 18-12 lead. And I thought, I thought Miller was excellent. I mean, every time we play Wakefield, he's a he's, he's a classic player and he's got a nice, neat side step. He reminds me of a sort of a young Steve Blakely. He's got that sort of that step and that pace off the mark. And as you say, Liam Finn, who I don't think is the quickest halfback in the Super League, but he's got a very good brain. He's an excellent, an excellent goalkeeper. I think he was pretty much faultless with the boot on on Friday night, kicking nine out of nine. But those two penalty goals, as you said. Give Wakefield a 10-point lead and as the, as the second half started, Finn kicked a penalty goal again to stretch the lead. His third penalty goal to 24-12 and then Tyler Randall came off the bench and he looked excellent for, for Wakefield. He certainly injected some pace and that try and, and goal from Finn put Wakefield 30 points to 12 up just seven minutes into the second half and it was sort of game over from, from where I was sat, Rob. Yeah, he was the big match winner for me, Ty, uh, Tyler Randall. You know, coming out at hooker, speeding the play up. Salford just weren't able to deal with that pace and the power he brought to the game. And, you know, that's what Australia, that's what uh, Wakefield, you know, purchased with him. He's, he's a class act, which took Wakefield to the next level. And, you know, obviously, you know, games like that, you need your big players to step up. And he did it in fantastic two tries. You know, the one from the base of the scrum going around the back. Salford were a bit asleep, weren't they? But, you know, class, class act. And yeah, Bill, Bill Tupu came up with the next try on 51 minutes. That was... Uh... I think Chris Bryan in charge, they kicked down, but Wakefield sort of, they had so much pace in the centre of the field, keeping the ball alive, great ball movement, but the poor defence from Salford, I was surprised, well not surprised, really. I've, well, I've seen Wakefield a couple of times this season now when we played them, and they look really quick out wide, they've got quick backs and good set of half-backs, but they seem to have that pace all over the pitch, don't they, and we, we struggled to deal with that, and Tyler Randall got his second try with 20 minutes to go, and 
you know, Wakefield didn't score another try, and then after that, so on the 59th minute, it was 42-12, and I think a lot of people got up and, and walked out after that, because it was a very disappointing night for Salford there, Robin. Something we weren't expecting, really. I think it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's confidence, Paul. You know, Wakefield were flying, weren't they? Ball was, you know, landing in their hands. You know, playing good rugby. Like I say, it's difficult, you always say to me, you know, where does confidence go? Where does it come from? Where does it go? And, you know, it's a bit like that on the, on the game against Wakefield. You know, Salford started, uh, started well, but obviously just drifted away. Wakefield took control of the game. But that's why they're a top side. That's why they're, they're fourth in the Super League. And, but we have to look forward. We can't look back. And if we're a club who want to achieve and want to be in that top eight, we're going to have to learn lessons, aren't we? Yeah, we certainly are. Tyrone McCarthy did uh, did give us something to smile about in the 72nd minute with a neat little kick through that got a nice ricochet, a bit of luck for us, and he scored there. Todd Carney added the goal to that 42-18. Jacob Miller finished the score off three minutes from time with a drop goal. A strange one there, Rob, uh, dropping a goal late on in the game. But 43-18, the final score. And yeah, disappointing, really disappointing night again, Robin. It's, where, where, do we, where do we go from here? It's Huddersfield on, on Saturday and well, how do we approach that game now? Because, like we said, we had that two-week break. We should have been refreshed for that Wakefield game. And really, we wasn't. Wakefield seemed to run harder than us. They tackled harder than us. They did the basics right. I'm not taking anything away from Wakefield, but I thought... I'm not saying they're a workman like that. I think they're better than that. I think that would be a bit disrespectful. But I think they play the game the right way and they do the basics right, don't they? And I think that's what we need to do, get back to basics, really. Yeah, I suppose, you know, Ian Watson's got a week where he's got to prepare his troops for, for the next battle. Huddersfield are a good side, Paul. Uh, and you know, obviously the Salford team will have to go up a couple of gears to, to give them a game but you know being at home you know half one kick off you know the fans are going to be itching for one just one victory in these Super 8s will you know will make you know the good things uh, come forward and I'm sure you know lots to come um, in the next couple of games uh, we spoke to Wellaraki Junior Sow and Todd Carney after the game and this is what they had to say So I'm joined by Todd Carney. Tough defeat, that Todd. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought we started well and we're in the game, but um, credit to Wakefield. Um, it's too good in the end. Yeah, learning curve for the club. Obviously, top eights are always a battle. We're going to move forward from this, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can only move forward. Um, it's not, not by not, not trying, and we're training hard and trying to get things right, but um, it's just not coming off in the field. Um, Back to back to train again this week and work hard for Huddersfield. I must say the frustration you can tell by your face you're frustrated by that. But you know the boys hopefully be able to pick themselves up for next week. Yeah, hopefully we've got to finish the year strong. We've done really well to get the position we're at, but um, it's not us. We need to uh, continue to to get better and, and try and get those wins to finish off the year in a positive. Big thanks, talkers and Devil Detail. Right, Jimmy Sal joins me. Thanks for joining me after that. It was a tough night that, but uh, where do you think things went wrong? Oh, not too sure. You know, we just gotta just keep turning off for each other at the moment. We're obviously down in confidence, but you know, the only people that can uh, change it around is ourselves as individuals. So, look, we just gotta keep, you know, working hard and you know, getting back on on the drawing board and, and just fix our errors as individuals. So, obviously, we're down in confidence, but you know, we just gotta keep trying. Is that hurt, hurt you hard tonight? Like, you know, with, with that win tonight, you could have been level on points with Wakefield. Couldn't be, it's probably going to be, yeah, I don't know about the, the mathematics with the top four now, but it's probably going to be a, a tough ask for us now. But what's the, what's the mood in the dressing room? Yeah, it's obviously, you can obviously see, you know, we're down confident, but, you know, we, you know, we're just trying to stay positive and, you know, we've got 
these three more games and we just want to give it a good crack you know these uh, three games you know and just make sure that you know these next three games that we, we give it our, our best shot you know whether we make or, or make it you know as long as we you know we promise each other that we're, we're going to give it a good crack this, these last three games It's going to be a long week now to, to Saturday but how do you feel as a player when you lose like that can you not wait for the next game or is it you know yeah you know I've just, just got to you know go back and, and, and look at my you know my individual performance and, and see where I can um, you know work on because um, you know you, you're, there's always uh, room for improvement but yeah like I said you know we just got to knuckle down for the next three three weeks and give it a good crack well thanks for speaking to me tonight June I know it's disappointing but thanks for taking the time and I'll see you next week cheers thank cheers, you cheers Junior so I'm joined by Wellaraki tough defeat that yeah it is mate um, especially what, what we've been working on over the last couple of weeks, um, we talked about all week how we how we we're going to play and turn up, and we did turn up the first 20 minutes, but it's not it's not, it's not good enough. Um, need to turn up with the right mentality for the whole 80 minutes, and uh, we didn't do it. Yeah, we're learning from this. So obviously, first time in the uh, top eights for Solver for a long, long time. Yeah. Got to learn from this kind of thing, haven't we? Next next season, hopefully, kick on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we can still we can still like punch on from here. We've got three more games, and I think we need to finish on a high and, and win those three three games to to finish on a, on a good note and um, just show everyone that we're we're not here for no reason. Yeah, how, how do you find in your new prop pole position? No, you yeah, mate, I didn't. I don't mind it. I'll, I'll, I'll slot in wherever I need to be to to help the team out. That, that's just the way I am. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, to us in the devil detail. Right, well, that was Wella Haraki, Todd Carney. And Junior South speaking after Friday night's uh, defeat against Wakefield. You know, we're quite down, I thought. When I spoke to Junior South, Robin, he was uh, quite down after that game, disappointed. And uh, the lads are just looking for that, that win now, aren't they? Yeah, the boys are down, Paul. You know I mean? It's, they're in a bit of a rut, aren't they? You know, with all the defeats, after a great start to the season, you know, the pressure is building. And, you know, you're hoping the boys can get out of this rut. Um, Uddersfield on at the weekend is going to be the start of it. And then you've got two tough games after that, but... You know, the professionals, they're looking to be the best they can be as individuals. And I'm sure, Paul, you know, they'll be itching to get back on the field and, you know, right a few wrongs. Certainly, yeah, Rob. You've got the stats from uh, Friday night's game. You know, who was the big tacklers? Who, was the, who made the mistakes? How, how did it all pan out, Rob? Yeah, looking at the, 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 the stats, uh, Ben Murnett Masala with 31 tackles, Ryan Lannan with 34, uh, Chris Bryan with 41. Paul, uh, Tyler and Carter with 40, you know, the forwards there making, you know, big tackles, aren't they? Yeah, I think we had to do really, Wakefield sort of dominated us, didn't they? And I know Chris Chester said it in his interview after the game, and I agree with him, really. He sort of said we, we were the decent side for 15 minutes, but after that 15 minute mark for the, the rest of the game, that 65 minutes of the match, Wakefield were the miles better side, and I, I couldn't really argue with him on that one. I thought they dominated the game completely, controlled the game, bossed the game. They had us at arm's length all the time. I know we got it back to 12 apiece, but they, they, they just seemed a miles better organised side than us. I thought we missed Michael Dobson, Robert. I think we missed him leading us around the pitch. Without him, we look a bit rudderless, really, don't we, in, uh, in attack? Yeah, I suppose that's the, that's the problem, though, Paul. You've got to you've got to make sure you adapt to that. Michael Dobson has announced his retirement. He's going home, so you know the, the team have to kind of like find another way of, of, of making it happen. And obviously, he's going to be a big loss, Michael Dobson, and we know that. Um, but I'm sure, you know, the likes of Rob Louie and Todd Carney will be looking to step into that, you know, the big shoes that he's left behind. You know, them both are class players and, you know, on the day they can make the magic happen. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be doing it again, you know, in the next couple of weeks and, and months to come. 
uh, looking at the uh, the meter makers, the big meter makers, Manu Matai with 106, uh, Greg Johnson with 89, Ryan Lanham with 82, um, Junior Sow with 93. You know, when you look at the stats, Paul, you know, we always have quite a lot of players going over under, don't we? But only this week, Manu was the only player who decided, well, and we managed to get over it. Yeah, I thought he, he, had a, he had a bit of a struggle on Friday night back to Dubai. He made a few mistakes, didn't he? And I hope that's not going to affect his confidence. I thought Wakefield targeted them. I thought they did a really good job on him, Wakefield. I mean. Eight weeks, been a bit of a down situation, but they're learning out there. They're playing in the Super 8s, somewhere we've not used to. We're not in this situation very often, Paul. And, you know, as a club, no. we're, we're learning from it. And, you know, obviously, Certainly. we'd like to win one. I'd like to beat Huddersfield next week. That'd be great. But obviously, if we yeah. don't win there, fair enough. We've got two other games against top sides. You know, to, to you know, build our uh, mental strength in these in these uh, super eight qualifiers, and you know, hopefully we can we can do it. We can we can move forward as a club. And next year, when it comes down to the pressure games, you know, the likes of Castleford and Uddersfield at home and Hull at, Hull at home, you know, games where we think, oh, we should win that one. The, the players will be able to gain their experience from this uh, super eight situation and come out on top. And then next year we'll be in the super eights again, and then we can develop further and further, can't we? Certainly can, Rob. Yeah, I think the one thing you've got with Ian Watson as well, I think you've got stability. I mean, Ian's been at the club now for, for a couple of years, hasn't he? And, and we, we are building some sort of stability under Ian, aren't we? And I think players need that, don't they? And, and the club needed that, definitely. And uh, and if you just go back to Ian, I mean, he's always very honest with us, isn't he? He never shirks a question. He comes out fighting in the interviews, I think, doesn't he? In the press conferences we see him in. You know, people ask him something and he doesn't shirk around the question and you know, like some people do and, and, and tell you a load of, a load of nonsense. He, he's very to the point and he's very passionate and if we not play well, like at the Wigan game, he'll say it's not good enough and he was very honest in the, the interview this week in the Wakefield game, wasn't he, as well? So, uh, so yeah, I think, we, I think we've got a really good coach in, in, in here. I think we've got, you know, a gem for the future, it really is, and he's learning all the time and I think that's great and I just hope that, you know, people don't panic at the club because, no, sometimes people do, don't they, chairman, and that you'll be on a bad run and they'll, they'll push a panic button and things like that. And I've seen what people have said on, on social media, and I'm sure, I'm sure Ian and the players read things, don't they? And I don't know whether they do or not, but I'm sure they do, Rob. And, you know, it must put pressure on them to perform, and I'm sure Ian will come out fighting because he's done a lot of good this season, and I just hope uh, the club's just, just stick with him because he's, he's doing a good job of taking us in the right direction. Yeah, you talk about stability, Paul. Ian Blee's a massive part of that. You know, he's, he's a local Salford lad as well. He knows where this club can go and what what needs to happen to turn this club into a into a into a force. You know, I'm confident, obviously, with Ian Watson and Ian Blees in charge. You know, moulding this team and this club into a club that you know could go places. You know, the fans are all behind them. You know, we're, we're doing things in the community. You know, with us on the Sports Zone and this podcast and the Sound of Salford lads and you know people putting out posters. You know, the, the engines is running. It just needs a bit of time and a bit of patience to make us great. And really, like you said, I'm, I'm co- totally confident that, you know, we won't do anything silly because Ian Blees is, is a top man and I'm sure, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll you know, calm everyone down. We'll get through to the end of the season and then we'll, we'll rebuild from there. Yeah, definitely. I sort of compare sometimes Ian Watson to the situation at Wigan where they've got Sean Wayne. If you look at Sean Wayne, he's a Wigan lad, and you look at the passion he has. I mean, I was watching the highlights today of the St. Helens game where they beat St. Helens. They came back from Wembley, and I backed him to beat St. Helens because I thought he'll have them fired up Sean Wayne for that game. It was a difficult one, wasn't it? Because they'd just come back from Wembley on a downer. But yeah, they went to St. Helens and did a real number on them and turned them over. And if you watch Sean Wayne at the end of the game, I know a lot of Salford supporters might not be his biggest fan, but. 
his passion for that club, he, he's, a, he's a winner and he wants them to win and he'll do anything for them and it's sort of that Wigan mentality and that's something, that sort of culture is what we can build at Salford with Ian Watson because you've got, you've got a ready-made Salford so I know he's Swinton as well, and Ian Watson. I think he supported Swinton as a, as a lad, didn't he? So I don't want to say he's a, you know, Salford through and through, but he's, he's local, and he's Salford and Swinton, and whatever. He's a, he's a local guy, and, and that's that's what you want. He's going to breed that sort of um, that's the word I'm looking for. That sort of passion, isn't it? That you know, you know for that club because he he sort of sees us as a, as a supporter as well, doesn't he? You know, being uh, being from the local area. Yeah, I think creating a culture, Paul. That's the most difficult thing. That's, that's it, yeah. With yeah. Wigan, obviously Wigan have you know won trophies, they've won championships, they built the Challenge Cup, uh, was it eight, nine years on a run, winning everything in sight, and, you, and you've got that in the background with Wigan. At Salford, we're building towards being a successful club. It's not going to happen overnight, we know that as fans. We've got to be thinking three, five years down the line, we need to be in these Super 8 qualifiers, Super 8, um, you know, every year, being in the quarterfinals, semi finals of the Challenge Cup every year. Just, just to you know, plant the seed of knowing how to win, knowing how to be a successful club, and then when we do, you know, get success and we do win challenge cups in the future, let's say, you know, we can build on that. Then you can ingrain it into the culture of the club. But at the moment, it's a crucial moment for me. This because obviously last year with the points deduction, if we if we hadn't had the points deduction, we'd be in the safely in the eight. We obviously escaped through the million pound miracle, which gave everyone a boost, and we kind of rolled that tide of enthusiasm into the beginning of the season, didn't we? So. Obviously, it petered out of the semi-final. We lost, you know, against Wigan, who know how to win semi-finals. But we have to learn from that. And from that point, we dropped off. But, you know, we've got to take that as something to move forward with. We've got to look at the club and think, right, we know where we're going. We know where we've been. We're going forward. And hopefully, the likes of Ian Watson and Ian Blees will drive us forward to the next step and the next level. Yeah, certainly. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Rob, as well. You know, with the... What you say about Ian Watson, I know that point was nothing to do with Ian. So if you take last season, we'd have been in that top eight last year, wouldn't we? Mm. And we've been in it again this season. That's good progress. I mean, the coaches before Ian didn't get us anywhere near that top eight, did they? So, I mean, I'd love, love Ian Watson to, to still be there in three to five years' time, and I really hope he is because I think we can really build something under Ian. And if, if you get rid of coaches and bring other people in, you can go, go the wrong way, can't it? So I think we should stick with him. And I'm sure the club will do, and I'm, I'm sure it'll be there next season and taking us forward. And like I said before, using Wakefield and teams like that as an example, and uh, you know, and Castleford to a certain extent. Look at the progress they've built over the last few years. They've not always been at the top of the Super League, have they, Rob? I mean, they built that you know steady over the last five or six years, and uh, that, that sort of model we can follow. Yeah, I think with Castleford, they've always been a kind of playoff side, haven't they? They're always finishing between kind of fourth and eighth, so it's an easier step from going from fourth, let's say, sixth to second or first because you're used to winning more games than you lose us on the other hand we're going from the bottom eight aren't we and I think it's a harder step going from you know a culture of not winning every week or not winning games you expect to win to winning every week and becoming a top side and we're on a journey Paul and you know I'm sure you know players and the coaching staff Ian Blees the people behind the scenes are aware of that and I'm sure they'll just keep building there won't be anything rash and who knows where we'll be next season yeah, just go back to Castleford though. They, had, they did have a couple of relegations, didn't they? I think in the mid two thousand. So, uh, so they mm. have they have come back up now. But I do know what you're saying, Rob. And uh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure if we stick with things, I'm sure we'll start. We'll carry on making progress. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's about moving forward as a club. And I'm sure you know they're going to be doing that. We look at this super uh, the super eight experience and build on that and learn from it. And who knows where we'll go next uh, up? We've got Ian Watson, and this is what he has to say after the game. <laughs> Yeah. 
Coach's Corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me after that. I, I know just coming out of that press conference, you seem a bit hurt tonight after that, and I know the supporters are, but yeah, you was a coach, you've had a good week prep, haven't you, as you said. Yeah. What, what, can you put your finger on that? It's, it's, it's a lack of desire, we feel like, at the moment. Um, not, not with everybody. Um, there's individuals who are busting a gut out there for the team. Um, there's just some of, some of them who are not at kind of that level, and they're not not willing to be for whatever reason at the moment yeah we know there's some players in there who are leaving at the end of the year um, but that's by the by you always want to represent yourself and represent yourself well and represent your team well when you every time you cross that line at the moment we will be embarrassed on the back of that um, I'm definitely am as well because um, it's not what we've been about as a team all year as well and it's something that we need to fix up it just feels like we made the top eight and just feels like people just feel like the pressure's off and they didn't need to compete now and they've done the job. Does it feel like an opportunity lost for you tonight? Because if we'd have won, yeah. we'd have had we'd have had the same points as Wakefield then and pushing yeah. for that top four. St. Helens have got beat as well and yeah. that must hurt you as a coach. All the work you put in this season. Yeah. But the thing is, it what, what, what it does, it, it hurts me for the players in there as well because there's a lot of people put a lot of work into this season as well and there's a lot of individuals who've worked really hard and deserve to get more out of the, um, the season than what we're getting at the moment and yeah you can say we've, we have massively progressed on the back of a million pound game to being genuine top eight but when you're here and you've got an opportunity to kind of win something you want you want, you want to go for that and have a shot and see where it takes you and yeah we'd have learned lessons through this eight but we're not learning them now because it's embarrassing on what we're turning out to be fair I think it was plain to see the lads who, who give it all I mean I'm not going to name names and I don't think you should because it's unfair but there were certain players who, who did bust a cut tonight so what will you do now will you, can you make change I know we've got injured we've not got a massive squad anyway no. but you can make changes can't you and you will do won't you yeah, well, it's about getting players who want to want to play for the shirt want to play for the club and um, want to play for the team it's more than more than anything else and the, the big thing is for them representing themselves and representing themselves well we talk about that every time you cross that white there you're representing yourself first and foremost so what you give off in your performance is a big indicator of what you are as a bloke and um, in these tough times that's when you see your characters uh, and like I said there was individuals out there today who's had a real dig but that's that's as good as it gets at the moment we're playing as individuals and not as a group and that's not what we've been about all year we've played as a group all year that came as a big blow for you this week as well didn't it Michael Dobson announcing that he's yeah. going to leave and just looking at the side tonight we're missing him aren't we and that, yeah. that team you're missing his game management aren't you amongst other players yeah. as well aren't we well Dobbo was outstanding for us Dobbo sat down with him pre-season and told us what he was thinking um, and then about what we announced September, I think it was June I think it was June he sat down with me and he come to me and just said I've made my mind up I'm definitely going back and we was travelling real well at that time obviously and we said well let's make this a real season to remember and then we obviously got to the semi-final and then from since then it's pitted out and I know Dobbo's got the injury picked up at Wigan now which means he, he can't play again and probably get what he deserves out of the season really because like I say he's been first class for us Dobbo he's um, been great for the team and been great for, for me as well um, so he's a, he's a big loss to us um, Dobbo and he will be a big loss to the club going forward as well Can you put your finger on where the game went wrong tonight I mean at the start of the game we seemed to come out of the blocks really well didn't we yeah. I mean Chris Chester said in his press conference that yeah. Wakefield were the better side for maybe 65 minutes and I'd probably go along with that yeah. I thought we, we look good first 15 yeah. do you think it is an energy thing or no. you think it's more an attitude thing it was just silly errors mate silly errors on the back of um, just little things but 
like amateur amateur is more than anything and then what we didn't have is we didn't have the resilience to defend on the back of that as well which was what we've had all year as well the goal line defence seems to have crumbled in yeah. recent and, weeks and to be fair it's I know what, during season you can't do loads and loads of goal line defence because people are, people are patched up um, <laughs> every team has it it'll be no secret they'll not be one player who's running around fully 100% fit um, we're no different um, we've got players patched up all over the place but it's you want resilience in your in kind of what you do and what you're about as well, and we just, we've lost that as individuals at the moment. How do you cope with this pressure at the moment? What are you like off the field now? Are you like one of them coaches who can't sleep now until next Saturday? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, plus nights or? I am. Yeah, it's worse than when you when you play because you can't. It must be hard because you can't get on yeah. there and, and you can, you well, can you only do so much on the training field. You can't field, physically can't kind of do anything, but then you see us train and we train our standards and we're thinking, do you know what? We're good here. And coming to the game today, I was really confident again that was um, that was going to get a victory to be fair and get the points and then real kickstarters then for the top four but again just whether it's an individual thing and it's a, but for me it's more of a kind of desire and an attitude thing at the moment well Luke we have a good week training Ian and yeah. I'll just say to you all the best in training you know I'm right behind you and all the boys on the podcast are good luck next week mate no problem cheers mate well that was Ian Watson discussing the defeat on Friday Rob um, I thought Ian Watson was... I think angry is probably the wrong word, but he was very deflated, wasn't he? And, and just uh, disappointed again with, it, with sort of the effort and the energy of the team. Yeah, frustration, Paul. Obviously, you know, coming this far, and he, he wants a certain amount of, um, you know, effort and, you know, commitment from his players, and he felt that they didn't get that on, on uh, Friday night, Paul. And, you know, as a coach, he, he needs that from his players. He wants to see his players perform for him, and if they aren't performing for him, he's going to come out and he's going to say so. That's what we like as Ian Watson. He's straight talking, straight shooting, lets people know that you know he isn't happy about what's going on and he's going to try his best to fix it. Yeah, I think he alluded there to uh, certain players you know, not going to be at the club next season and you know, certain players not doing what they, what they should be doing and that, that's disappointing. I mean, I'd, I'd like to hope there's no sort of bad apples in, in the side but you know, the more you read into things, perhaps there is but I think he is the right man to, to, to deal with that and you can't feel sorry for him, and I do in the interviews because he's working so hard, and you can you can you can tell when someone is, is when someone cares, and, and he really does care for the team, doesn't he? And, and, and he lives and breathes it, doesn't he? And the effort that he's putting in, and I just I I really do think certain players are letting him down, and you know that if you look on, on paper that side there we had out against Wakefield on on Friday night, that that side was was nowhere near, you know, should be nowhere near a 43 points to 18. And, um, and yeah, I think players need to sort of look at themselves and dust themselves off and, and, and give it that 100% this week. Because so I think they owe it to the supporters now to, to put in a performance and they've got an ideal opportunity. It's like, they've got like a, a second chance now with the game against Huddersfield at home. Huddersfield are a place below us in the table and, and we need to grasp that opportunity now and, and win that game and, and put the smiles back on the supporters' faces. Yeah, he, he talks about personal pride, personal pride for each individual player. Obviously, you know, getting tonked like that, you know, it's not going to be good for them as individuals. So, you know, they need to stand up, they need to step back and say, right, this is as low as we go. You know, we'll come out fighting against Huddersfield and then the next two games, just enjoy them for what they are, competing at the top level in the top division. And who knows where we can go with that, Paul. And, you know, if we want to be a club to be in that top eight week in, you know, week in, week out, year in, year out, you know, you need to learn from these experiences and come back stronger. Yeah, certainly. And I think, I don't think it's a rut though, this that we're in, Rob. Now, it's, uh, well, sorry, I, I do think it's a rut. I don't think it's a blip in the books that we're going to look for. It's not a blip, it's more a rut, isn't it? Listen, we need to get out of it. We really do, because eight on the spin now, I mean, that could become 
put 11 on the spin if we were to lose these last three games and we don't want to pick up some points and uh, you know, finish the season on a high because it's a season that promised so much and we, we did do really well in that regular season to finish fourth and after 23 just to show how far we came from work uh, look at the uh, you know the, the, the teams we played we played uh, Wigan we played Hull we played Castleford you know Hull were in the Challenge Cup final Wigan in the Challenge Cup final Castleford would finish top of the league Wakefield was the one there you think we, we could have really won that one which was fair enough but don't forget in our running you know getting beat we've got, we played Leeds we played Settlers, we played Hull before that as well so you know we, we played against the top sides haven't we and, and you know adapting that mentality to go and win and you know it, yeah we are in a rut but we're going to learn from it and hopefully we'll come back stronger next year yeah, I think the main thing, Rob, that's affecting the supporters has been the, the, the manner of the defeats. And if you look at the defeats that we've had in the, the top eight up to now, they've, they've not really been close games. Have they? They've been games where we've, we've sort of been, been beaten out of sight, really. And if you go back to the, the, the last couple of rounds of, of Super League, and the Leeds got 50 points on us, didn't they? At, at, at the AJ Bell, we lost 25 nil at Lee. And, you know, Lee, Lee are struggling at the bottom of the table. And, you know, we was at that game, weren't we, at Lee? And it was a. It was a it was a strange night. It was one of those nights where we probably wouldn't have scored if you'd have played till midnight. So I think that's what what's alarming supporters at the moment. So from where the form has just dipped, you know, from from sort of the end of May to, to where we are now, I think that's what's alarming people. And uh, let's just hope we can get out of it because uh, we don't want this season to be remembered for uh, for like an eleven game losing run. We want this season to be remembered for all the good things that we did, the good away wins that we had, and you know, the good players that we've won. And you know, the likes of Chris Bryan coming through and young Daniel Murray and. Uh, you know, people like that, Jake Bibby as well, who've been excellent this season and, and come really fast. So we want it to be remembered for that and obviously a good run in the Challenge Cup as well. Yeah, I suppose people are upset, Paul, because our expectation levels went up, didn't they? You know, when, when we beat Warrington um, back in sort of May, we were flying. Obviously, we have dropped off, but we're, this, is a, this is a process that we're learning to, to, to perform in. And, I'm, you know, fair enough, we've dropped off. You know, the players are going to have to learn with that. Ian Watson's going to have to learn as well, you know, what, what he needs to do to, you know, inspire his troops in these situations. And, you know, I'm, I'm confident, you know, even though we have gone on this bad run, you know, we'll come back stronger the other end. Yeah, certainly. I think you're right there, Rob, as well. I mean, I, I know a lot of supporters don't want to hear that sort of comment that we're learning sort of thing, don't they? People, I suppose it's like a, a modern day thing, isn't it? People want instant success. And I think that goes in all walks of life, doesn't it? And all sort of walks of sport, don't they? If you watch football, rugby union, rugby league, people want that instant success, don't they? They don't want to have to wait for things. And, uh, you know, I think me and you, perhaps a bit more old school, aren't we? We've been through the bad times and, and things like that. You are patient. You have to be patient as a solvent supporter, don't you? I mean, if I have to wait another 10 years to see us win a, a Challenge Cup or, or whatever, then, then so be it. But we're going to stick by them, aren't we? And, uh, you know, what, what will be will be. But as long as we're making progress and uh, going forward in the right direction, I think that's all that matters. Yeah. Progress is progress, Paul, and you know, hopefully, we will. Like I say, you don't want to say people say, Oh, yeah, I don't like the word learning, but you can't go from being a, being a club who doesn't, you know, feature in a top eight for 20 years and then suddenly one season go and win it. Do you have a natural progression of you know, winning games, learning how to win games you're not supposed to win, and then learning to win games you are supposed to win, and then learning game, learning to win games full stop? And it's, it's a gradual process this club is on, so fair enough, we're, we're in a bit of a rut. And that's the way it is. But let's just keep moving forward. Let's look at the direction and hopefully continue to go forward both on and off the field. Are we looking for uh, the three-word match reports this week? Have you uh, got those for us, Rob? Yeah, a few uh, frustrated people. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton, uh, too many mistakes. And their man of the match was uh, Tyrone McCarthy. Uh, Jenny Finch, costly basic errors. 
Um, you've got a point there. You know, areas did cost us, didn't it, Paul? Certainly did, Rob. I think you can, if you were to analyse the game and go back through it, I mean, there was there was mistakes for a lot of the tries. Well, I think at least two of them where two players went for the ball and they made a meal of it and other mistakes. And I think there was that charge down from Brian where they scored from open play there. So Ian Watson alluded to that in his interview when he was very frustrated with the amount of sort of schoolboy mistakes that we've made. And, you know, soft penalties again as well. I think the penalty count was even at the end of the game. I think it was eight apiece, but... At one stage, I think it was about 8-3 to Wakefield, so um, I've noticed that this year that referees tend to even penalty count up as the game goes on, but there were some soft ones that we gave away as well, and um, you can't afford to do that, you can't afford to do that against any Super League side, but once you get into that top eight and you're playing sides with uh, with good players and good, well-drilled teams, you, you're not going to get away with it. Yeah, uh, Tony Frame, what's gone wrong is man of the match was uh, Rob Lewis, Colin Reynolds, season over, uh, there is man of the match with the fans that stayed till the end, um, David Caesar uh, wasn't wasn't a man of the match. Uh, Kate Reynolds fans leaving early, angry face. Uh, man of the match for Junior South. People are frustrated, Paul. You know, people will walk out, won't they, if they get uh, get angry and frustrated? Um, I, I don't agree with that. Rob walking out early. I've never walked out early in the game. It's one of them little pet hates of mine. That I was always brought up never to to leave early so uh, my dad always said that to me about five year old you never leave early and I never have done it it's not something I would do so but I can understand people yeah I mean you have to be daft don't you to, to stay I suppose but but yeah that's just, just the way this, the season's gone really I mean people it, it's funny I was thinking about it the other day it doesn't seem that long ago does it the end of May when we're doing really well and anything sort of seemed possible and we've had this chat a few times haven't we and rugby league it's an unforgiving sport really. I mean you've only got to go two months down the line and just look how people's attitudes have changed and what people are saying and, and it, it just shows your sport is sort of very fickle in it really I mean you can change it you know a couple of games can just change the season completely can't they and I think if you go back to that St Helens game for me when, when we put that heartbreaking defeat we had there I think that sort of that sort of took a lot of juice out of us that didn't it that defeat and we've never really been right since then I think we, we beat the, we beat Huddersfield in the league I don't think we've won another league game since then I think we beat Wakefield in the cup but that seems to take a lot out of us but but no I think it, it upset me a bit on Friday night seeing people walk out and there's a few people having a go at each other in the crowd you know um, Salford supporters sort of arguing between themselves and I think it's frustration really isn't it? And you don't like to see that and uh, no it was, it, it was a bit of a I was a bit down me on Saturday it took me a, a bit to get over that, that defeat Friday night yeah uh, next one Mike Tomlinson season officially over uh, Jungle J don't, they don't deserve words they're still uh, you know good words that's how we build uh, Richard Martin no professional pride he didn't have a man of the match but like I say a lot of people kind of angry uh, with the defeat but like you say where we were you know the expectations the expectation, uh, expectation levels were high weren't they um, but you know it's all about moving forward I suppose yeah, definitely. That, that's that's the way things are, aren't they? People's expectations will go up, and I think they did, didn't they? And, uh, I suppose minded to a certain extent, but I was always really cautious and thinking perhaps when's it going to run out? Because I don't know, if you look at the other sides, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm having a pop here at Solvers players, but I see Wiggins and, and maybe Castleford, and especially Wiggins, anyway, I've noticed the last few weeks, they've got a lot of world-class players, Wiggins, haven't they? You know, sort of blokes who've been there and done it, played internationals and been at the top of the game, won grand finals, won challenge cup. We've not really got that sort of experience in our side, have we? We've got a couple of lads who've played in grand finals, but we've not got it in spades like them sort of teams have. And some similar teams like Wigan, they've, they've had a lot of injuries this season, haven't they? They've all just seemed to come together and back at the right time, haven't they? They're fresh as well, aren't they? So uh, I think they're reaping the benefits of that now. But 
But I don't, I, I don't know. You, can you question commitment of players? I, I don't like doing that because I don't think there's any player at the club who goes out on game day and, and you know and just go through the motions. I, I, I don't think you can do it as a rugby league player. I mean, there's no hiding places on a rugby league pitch, is there? No, not at all. It's all about personal pride for each player. For me, obviously, these super eights, they're learning to play in it, Paul. You know, we're not we're not used to playing in this situation as a club and as as, as a team. And we're going to learn from this, and that's what that's the important thing. It's about moving forward and and going forward as a club, and hopefully, you know, we'll learn from it. Ian Watson will build a, another side next season with these experience they've brought through this season, and who knows where we'll go. I think the the, the top of bottom of it, Rob, really, that I don't think we're going to learn from it this season. Um, and like you said, the people are frustrated that people keep saying about this this learning curve and, and, and what have you. But from where I, I see it now, I just think that. We've lost that much confidence. It's, it's almost like the wheels have come off this season now. And I think perhaps if you ask the, the top people at the club, they might say to you, well, if we could forfeit these last three games and just finish, I think they probably would do, wouldn't they? Because I think they, they're just that low on confidence now. We sort of look like we, we don't want to be there, don't we, as a club? And I know Ian does, and I'm sure he'll fight to the finish, but perhaps there's players in that side now who are just that low on confidence and, and that shot. They don't really want to be playing in the games, and perhaps I'm unfair to say that, but that's how it looks, you know, for me as a supporter looking in. I'm sure you're you're a bit the same, aren't you, Robin? I'm sure there's other supporters who feel the same about that. But we you know we've got three games left, and like you say, it's pride now. If we can win sort of two or maybe three of these games, you know that might be people might say I'm talking pie in the sky, but if we can get as many points as we can, it's an improvement on last season. What we've got now, 26 points. If we get to 30 points, that's a, that's a good season to win 15 matches. It really is. So. Um, so yeah, we've just got to go into every game now, show as much pride as we can, and that starts on, on Saturday against Wakefield. Yeah, so that was the uh, discussion about the game against Wakefield, and now what we'll do, we'll look at our amateur sides with Paul and see what they've been up to before we talk about the Huddersfield uh, game on Saturday. Right, well, this week's amateur report will start with the National Conference League. Rochdale Mayfield went down on Saturday by 22 points to 27. Bit of a shock result at home to Skirlar. Skirlar were third bottom in the table. Rochdale Mayfield third top, leading by 16 points to 12 at half time. Rochdale went down 22-27 to Skirlar. In Division 2, Alton Raiders 60, Saddleworth Rangers 12. Salford City Roosters went down at home to East Leeds by 50 points to 12. The tries for the Roosters coming from Christian Higgins, Tom Smith and Paul Verdon. They only had 15 men the Salford City Roosters and they are really doing it tough this season so they went down by 50 points to 12 Division 3 Oldham St Anne's 44 Gateshead Storm 6 West Bowling 64 Waterhead Warriors 16 the fixtures for this Saturday the 9th of September are Rochdale Mayfield against West Hull in the Premier Division Division 2 is Drillington against Salford City Roosters and Saddleworth Rangers against Bradford Dudley Hill Division 3 is Dewsbury Moor Maroons against the Oldham St Anne's Northwest Men's League. There wasn't many results this follow this weekend just gone, but we have got the Northwest Men's League trophy. That was on December, and Oldham St Anne's beat Wigan St Cuthbert's by 16 points to 12. In that one, Oldham St Anne's a 16, Wigan St Cuthbert's 12. Division One on Saturday, Folly Lane. Great result for them. They beat Hindpool Tigers by 50 points to 12. Division Five, Garswood Stag 16, Saddleworth Rangers a 44. And in the entry division, it was a five-star performance from Caddy Z Rhinos. Five tries from Bradley White as they. They thumped Wigan Springview A by 50 points to 12. 
the fixtures for this week. There's a midweek game for Folly Lane in Division 1. They play at Bamber Bridge at home on Wednesday the 6th of September. On Friday the 8th of September, Manchester Rangers play Rochdale Mayfield A. The rest of the fixtures are on Saturday the 9th of September. Hindpool Tigers play Folly Lane. That's a reverse fixture from this weekend just gone. So two games um, coming up for Folly Lane. They've concluded that midweek game. Division 2, Berry Broncos play the Bold Miners. Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's A against Rochdale Cobras. Division 4, Caddy's Ed Rhinos are at home to Ryland Sharks A. Wollstone Rovers A against Langworthy Reds. Little Hulton Reds against West Horton Lions. And Runcorn versus Manchester Rangers A. Division 5, Black... Brook A versus Berry Broncos, Blackpool Stanley versus Bolton Mets, and Wigan Springview against Saddleworth Rangers A. Well, there's a few fixtures in the youth and junior leagues in the northwest on Sunday, the 10th of September. In Division 1 of the under 16s is Saddleworth against Hindley and Wigan St. Cuthbert's against Oldham St. Anne's. In Division 2 of the under 16s, it's Folly Lane against Blackpool Scorpions. And in the Premier Division of the under 18s, it's Wigan St. Patrick's against Oldham St. Anne's. There was also an international game that took place on Saturday at Cardiff Metropolitan University and it was a good result for Wales. They beat England under-16s by 18 points to 10 and that is the first time Wales have beaten England at this level. England had won all 14 of the previous games with no fixtures taking place last year but that dates back to 2003 when England won by 40 points to nil. Wales have lost on conversions in 2011 and 2013 so they were starting to get close but this is the first time they recorded a win over England at under-16 level. Wales 18 England 10. On Sunday Wigan Warriors beat Castleford Tigers 37 points to 12 in the Under 19's Academy Super League Grand Final and congratulations to Liam Byrne, former Caddy's Ed Rhino he was in that squad that won there and um, you know he's had a great season there and I know everybody at Caddy's Ed Rhino is very proud of Liam and the work he's doing, you know his future star of Super League so Wigan Warriors 37 Castleford Tigers 12. That's all I've got for you this week, don't forget Salford Red Devils first team take on Huddersfield Giants on Saturday with a 1.30 kickoff in the Super 8. Salford desperate for a win, so if you can get down to that one, make sure you get there. 1.30 kickoff this week a bit earlier. I'll catch you there. Twenty-four hours a day. Radio contact. So, Huddersfield Giants are the visitors to the AJ Bell Stadium on Saturday this week, half past one kickoff on Saturday night. Huddersfield are currently eighth place, Rob, in the, in the top eight, a point behind us at the moment. We've, we've beaten home and away this season in the, in the league. This, this has got to be a game we're going to target now because. I'm sure Ian Watson and the boys are desperate. They don't, they don't want to finish eighth in that, in that top eight. So if we can win this game, that'll push us sort of three points in front of um, in front of Huddersfield with two games to play. So there's, there's a good chance then we're not going to finish eighth. So uh, it's a massive game on, on Saturday to get the confidence back as well. Yeah, a game that obviously we'll be looking at winning, Paul. Uh, we've eaten both home and away this year. So, you know, you're hoping that we can continue that good run. You know, they're a good side. But like you said, they did finish below us. Uh, in, the, in the regular season Farms are a bit scratchy uh, in, the, in the Super 8s So I'm sure The boys will be confident Going into the game When you think about Where Huddersfield Have come from though Sort of earlier on In the season They were sort of Down there Bottom of the table You know Second bottom of the table Fighting out with uh, Lights of Witness and, and Lee And so they've made They put a real good run Together to actually Make the, the top 8 playoffs And uh, so they've got some good players in that side as well. There, we need to look out for Jermaine McGilvery, Leroy Cudjoe, especially the halfbacks Danny Brough 
Lee Gaskell, there's guys in that side there who, uh, who can cause problems. Yeah, Danny Brough, Kudjo, uh, McGilvery, they're the kind of players that, you know, when it matters, they find something, don't they? And that's why they were, you know, Championship uh, Shield winners a couple of years ago. They've got that bit of magic when it matters. And like you said, they started badly, didn't they, in the season? But, you know, they found a bit of form and they obviously sneaked into the top eight. And obviously, with the top eight, they haven't really, you know, kicked on. But it's a progress for them as well, I suppose. They're looking at thinking, well, we play against Salford, see what happens. And they might look at going up further up the league. But as a club, you know, we beat them home and away, haven't we? So surely, you know, we should be beating them again. Yeah, sometimes that form's strange though, Rob. I know at the start of the, the Super 8, the Huddersfield won their first game. They beat Wakefield 36-6, I think it was, at, um, at Huddersfield's ground. So we just lost to Wakefield. So it's funny sometimes how, how sort of results reverse against each other. So I think we're going to have to be on our guard against Huddersfield. We've got a big pack of forwards, and like we said before, good half-backs, good backs in the likes of Kudjo and, and McGoovy. Strong backs, aren't they? They've got a lot of pace out wide, but they're strong players as well, so uh, you know, they can make, make the yards. and. We've had two tough games within this season. If you go, go back right to the start of the season, I think that was our first win, won it away at Huddersfield. That's the first two points we picked up, and that was a real close game. I think Josh Jones scored a late try when he, when he pinballed off about seven players, didn't he, to score there. So we usually always get a tough game against Huddersfield. They're usually close games as well. Yeah, confident, confident the boys can get out of this rut against Huddersfield. Looking back at the, you know, the previous you know, the games we've had in our Super, you know, super 8 uh, you know, journey, you know, this game, looking at you know, where we are now, this is the game we're going to target to win. We should beat Huddersfield. We played well against them earlier on in the season. There's no reason why we can't do it again. Boys are going to be up for it. They have you know, muscle memory of beating Huddersfield, so why can't we do it again? Yeah, certainly. And I think, uh, you know, if we can finish as high as we can now in the table, I mean, we're seventh at the moment on 26 points. St. Helens are above us in sixth place on... Uh, sorry, we've got 26 points. St. Helens have got 27. We're going to cut 29 points. So we're seventh place at the moment. I mean... Perhaps top four is out, out of the window now, I suppose. We're four points off that, we can only get six, but obviously there's a lot of teams around as well, so I think mathematically we probably struggle to make that now. But even if we could finish sixth place, I mean, that'd be a, that'd be a cracking finish really for us, wouldn't it, after, after last season's turmoil. So if we can just go into these last three games and, uh, oh, let's just, just let's see what we can do, you know, play with a bit of freedom and just attack Huddersfield on, on Saturday. I'm just hoping we're going to come out all guns blazing and, and really give it to them and, uh, you know, put them under some pressure because it's, it's definitely a game they can get two points from. And uh, how are you going to go with your predictions this week, Rob? For that game, have you got your bingo machine? I've not got my bingo machine on me, Paul. No, fortunately, uh, I'm going right, to right, top of your head again. Uh, I'm going to go Salford. I'm going to go more of a conservative goal this like, this year, this this game. So I'm going to go Salford 26, Huddersfield 16. 26, yeah, well, you're not far out of mine then. I've gone Salford 22, Huddersfield 16. So I've gone. Both gone pretty close there, haven't we? And uh, who do you reckon your standout player is going to be? What? How are we going to approach this game, Rob? I mean, if you was Ian Watson now, I mean, who would you be putting as your halfbacks? Would you leave it the same, or would you make changes? Well, obviously, in the news, Todd Khan is in discussions with the club to see if he can get a new contract. If he wants a new contract for next year, he's going to pull out a game out of the fire, isn't he? So I'm expecting a big game from Todd Carney. Uh, Rob Louie will be his, his sidekick uh, and do a bit of magic as well, but. Forwards, you know, lacking the big forwards, aren't we, of Lamatazzi and Lee, Lee Mossett? But, you know, they're going to have to work hard against a big Huddersfield pack. Um, but I'm sure you've got enough quality in that squad to get a result, and I'm, you know, confident they'll get one. Yeah, definitely. As you said there about the forwards, Mark Flanagan, don't forget Mark. Mark's been a big miss for us, hasn't he, this season? But, like you say, we've got players in there who can come in and do the business. I think it's going to be a tough game, but, you know, I'd take 22 16 right now, and. Uh, 
let's just hope we turn up and, and perform. So don't forget, it's an half past one kickoff, Robin, on Saturday at the AJ Bell. So well, I'm not sure why it's half past one. Is it? Someone did, is it there's football, isn't it, I think, on, on Saturday. So is that why we've, we've arranged the game for half one? I'm yeah, sure. probably. It's, it's one of them, isn't it, with football. It's it's a massive influence on our on our crowd. I think City kick off at half twelve, and I think United kick off at half five. So we thought we'll just kick off at half one in the middle. Best way. So well, you need you need to sort of make that crowd the biggest it can be uh, in the situation you know we find ourselves in. You know it's a difficult thing with Man United and Man City being on our doorstep and, and both being on the telly in, in you know in that, on that day. Hopefully you know so fans will will turn up and and you know cheer the boys on to victory. I think Sale Sharks play on on Friday night, Rob, as well, don't they? So I don't think that that was out of the question, our usual Friday night. And I think perhaps Sunday, with us playing at Leeds the following Friday, the, the club would probably want as much rest as, as possible, really, won't they? So uh, for that, that away game at Leeds. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Saturday, Rob. You know, I, I really do think we can get a result from this. Well, let's just hope we can uh, get back to winning ways. But yeah, just before we go this week, Rob, we've got a special birthday mention for John Pemberton, also known as Jack. He was born in Reading South and he's been a lifelong. Solomon Fallon's season to go for most of his life and he's seen many of the great teams uh, on the 23rd of August he celebrated his 80th birthday and he was at the game on uh, on Friday night we spoke to his I think his grandson and his, his son there and uh, just as we were coming out on the ground they were all really happy they had a good night and you know to get to 80 and, and watch Solomon for that long I mean it's probably had a lot of ups and downs in that, those 80 years but seen some great players as well Rob in the, the late 60s early 70s well to mid 70s then, so uh, he, has, he has seen a bit of success Enjoyed the podcast tonight, Rob. It's been a, it's been a bit different um, doing your job tonight, but uh, I've enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, a bit difficult doing your job as well, Paul. All these stats are normally spot on, normally stats wise, but might be a bit wonky this week. We'll better swap back next week. <laughs> I think we'll think we'll have a, we'll keep job share both because obviously we, we need to make you know ourselves better, don't we? And you make it look so easy, Paul, the way you do your bit, and I tell you now, it's not. No, well, you're the same, mate. You make you make presenting look that easy. So I just hope the listeners have, have enjoyed it tonight. I hope I've, I've not let them down too much, but we, we've done our best, and I've really enjoyed it, mate. And uh, well, uh, I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday. And just for the listeners, you can find us on Twitter at ditdsrd. You can find us on Facebook at Devil in the Detail SRD. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. I've been Paul White, and he's been Rob Parkinson. We shall see you next week on the podcast and we'll catch you on Saturday at the match. Four hours a day. Live. Radio contact.